Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here in dining room studios with Kira Sultanovich. Hello and welcome. I love that you call it dining room studios. <laughs> I love do you, that. Do you, can you tell where I got the name? I mean, that's the fact that this whole dining room is set up for your podcast says a lot about your marriage. Right. That uh, a lot about just how your child's going to be brought up. Yeah. I think it says a lot about uh, where we eat. Yes, you eat amongst cables. <laughs> right. No, 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 no. That would be refined. We're not that fussy. We just eat on the couch. But here's the thing. Before it was dining room studios, when it was just dining room, um, we only ate at the table. And this says more about us. I think twice. Once was Thanksgiving. And once was because we were like, we have this whole table. Let's try it. And then let's we're try like, it. <laughs> let's, let's do what other people do. And what we both did growing up, actually. However, it's just more comfortable to be sitting on the couch, watching a show, eating on like a little TV tray like the royalty does. Oh, my God. Now that we have a kid, it's going to change. Oh, yeah. It you, has you're to. not even going to be sitting when you eat. Yeah. You're, you're not even going to be chewing. Let's just be honest. <laughs> you're going to turn into, uh, I think dolphins. They just swallow complete like, <laughs> right. fish, just like gulp. And that's how you will be fed as well. Only when you do something right. Right. Like, oh, I get a treat right now. I, I, I decided to do laundry. <laughs> I'll swallow an entire fish. I've been doing a lot of laundry. I've been doing a lot. You- I, I feel very more, very more. And I'm not like, I'm doing, I'm doing so much around the house and I'm my brain is atrophying a little bit but I've become very domestic which is not that's not how I was before. that's not you not really but how old is the baby he is uh six weeks tomorrow oh my god he's <laughs> so little he's pretty small are you still wearing the ice pack in your crotch <laughs> it's funny you say that I was just thinking about that the other day I was thinking about um so he was in by the way listeners we are going to talk about Kira soon but let me just talk about my <laughs> I love my lady bits people. Yeah, yeah. For wanna, one more second. I want to know about them. Um, so he was in the NICU for a couple of days, the neonatal intensive care unit. So we were in the recovery, postpartum, sad, depressing room. And then he was in the, um, you know, a couple, like, I forget, a couple, somewhere else in the hospital. So we were constantly going to see him. And I was remembering that the first time I went to see him, I went with that, the mesh underwear, the diaper, and that glove or whatever it it's is filled glove. with ice. It's yeah. A glove. Where do they put the other four? Where do they put the fingers? Because they put it in the palm. Oh, of I'll the tell glove. you where I put mine. <laughs> right. Felt so good. Um, but you, so you had them through the lobby, right? Not the sunroof. Oh, yeah. Through the, yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I'm like, I don't remember the layout of the hospital that well. But <laughs> yeah. 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 He came out the atrium. Good. Yeah. In the foyer. So, yeah. So I went up with that ice pack. And then at a certain point, and, and my memory is I was in the wheelchair and it just felt so cold down there in my lady bits. And then um, I stood up after like a couple hours of sitting or something. And it was just all this liquid came like rushing out. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then it, I think it was the ice pack melting. Had melted. Yeah. <laughs> I was not really a fan of that ice pack in my crotch. Although so many women talk about loving it. It was so amazing. Really? It was so... I found it so cold. Yeah, that's the point. (laughs) Yes. I mean, it was... It was... um, You wanted it to be a little numb. Yeah. Right? My um, vagina... I mean, in addition to just becoming huge as he was coming out, 
it's my husband keeps telling me like it was huge yeah like well that's better than the alternative in that moment you know right but it was doing its job got really swollen like really really swollen i remember and i don't know why it's a food reference but walking from the bed to the bathroom during my labor was really long and thinking i feel like i have a sandwich between my legs (laughs) (laughs) and it was the baby's head (laughs) and it was an arm coming out exactly um so speaking of kids and all that before we started uh you were starting to talk about when you were editing your special and i cut you off and i said wait save this gold for the podcast oh yes because uh if i may please tell your fans you were saying maybe i came back to the podcast too soon right. and i said no five days five days that's just five that's less than six pushing a baby out i took her with me to my edit bay and like continued to edit my one hour special that I shot while I was pregnant with her, but I had to take her with me. And, um, this edit bay was like a finishing bay. So like they do all like the color correction uh-huh. and all the, you know, everything. So it's very, very, very dark inside. They have to have it extremely dark and quiet and, and quiet. And I had to breastfeed her <laughs> and, you know, it was just so clumsy because you're still kind of getting right. used to, even though it's my second kid, I just, I still, and then there's all dudes in there. So <laughs> even though I don't care, if they see me, I don't want to be that chick right. that's like just too much of a yoga mom who's like, <laughs> this is completely natural. I'm going to do it inside of a Target. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be that girl. So I'm still like clumsy and the baby's like getting suffocated and I just had sweat everywhere and I was sweating onto her face and <laughs> it just, and then I'm just crying inside and then I still had the glove of ice in my crotch. So, so much was going on. And, uh, you know, I might have had that thought of maybe I took her to the edit bay too soon, but I still did it the next day, too. Like, I had to hurry and finish and get this special done. Were you able to concentrate? Because I sort of lost my ability to concentrate during pregnancy. And I was like, I can't wait to have this kid for my brain to come back. And then people told me it does not come back. It doesn't come back. It changes. So you know how they say um, there's like different parts of your brain that focus on different things. So like there's like a memory section mm-hmm. and there's a, I feel like the information section of your brain just poof, you know, just like, com- like someone just, you know, highlighted it and then press delete. <laughs> and you're like, no, 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 go back, edit, right. do the arrow backwards. Control Z, control yeah, Z. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then this new part of your brain forms that's all about like um, hand, foot, mouth disease. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like what time many poops did he have today? And I mean, that's all this, this new section of your brain kind of grows and has room for all of that, like PTA and there's a field trip tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like there's so much stuff. Oh my God, I'm screaming. Your baby's like right there. I'm so no, sorry. No, it's good. He, um, I don't know if they hit an age where they become very sensitive to sound or if some babies are just sensitive to sound. Um, we have a dog that barks way too much. And so I think he got used to that in utero. So he doesn't yeah. mind that. He doesn't mind sound. He minds wet diapers. Like yeah. the second his diaper's wet, he's unhappy. I mean, But look, he can sleep through a you, lot. You would too. Yeah. Oh, no, I do. If you pissed yourself. I, one of my biggest fears, again, we will talk about you. I love I'm so, no, interviewing I'm sorry. people. Well, I, but I do too. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> battle of the interview. <laughs> um, one of my big fears about uh, labor and delivery, prob- one of the biggest actually, was how am I going to handle wearing a pad 
for however many weeks I like the whole what's the whole aftercare situation because some people are okay with that I'm very very particular about what goes on down there in terms of pads and and how did you do how did you actually I did pretty well um I think I was just in a daze immediately afterwards so because we had to, because he was in the NICU, because we had to stay in the hospital a little longer, the real heavy flow, the part where you really have to wear a diaper, that was all in the hospital. And I was just, I wasn't moving around that. It wasn't like, I've got to put on regular clothes and this diaper and then go about my business while trying to ignore the fact that there's a ciabatta loaf in my pants. <laughs> um, it's you all know, bread. Look, I don't want to <laughs> criticize. This is the second food reference you've made. I know. It's up to you how you want to <laughs> categorize your body. But... Um, <laughs> It's coming I across totally have issues. very yeasty, to be honest with you. It's <laughs> bread and sandwich and ciabatta. Again, I'm not criticizing. Do whatever feels comfortable. Can I tell you what I did? Yes, Again, please. I'm not trying to brag that I'm so famous in Hollywood. But um, two weeks after having my first baby, I went on The Tonight Show. And I was in a diaper in the dressing room getting ready. And um, I decided to take the chance and take the diaper off. Mm, how'd it go? <laughs> No, I lived, I, I lived on the edge too. I tried, I got rid of, I went to panty liners as soon as I could. I, it didn't go well. I mean, it was fine, mm-hmm. but I needed, and I went right back, got undressed and, uh, and put that diaper right back on. Cause I was only out there for, you know, like right. what, 10 minutes. Or yeah. Whatever. Like you did the, the math where you thought even if it all goes horribly awry, it's right. going to be okay. It's going to be just 10 minutes. And I wore all black and. Was there a part of you, though, that was like, and if it goes horribly awry, I'll make the most of it on air. Hey, it'll go viral. (laughs) It would. Right? It would. It would go viral. Okay, so hearing all of this, what is emerging to me is um, that you have either a crazy work ethic (laughs) or kind of a workaholic afraid to let stuff go. Both. Yes, for sure. They called me uh, the day after I delivered my first kid the next day and they were like, Hey, um, and they didn't know I had my kid. Cause I, I don't post stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really post about him. Same, but totally the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't know I had him and they were like, just checking your schedule. So I had my, my child on uh, December 22nd and, uh, they asked me about like the first week of January and I was like, to- yes, of course I'm available. Why? I never, because I never, say no to work ever why i just i don't want to it's 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 the thing is i think a workaholic is someone who when they're working uh they for me this is my definition like they get there at six before everyone gets in they're the last ones to leave they don't ever see their family they don't care about anything else and yes i get that Mm -hmm. because as a comic you just, it's just part of the job. You don't see your family and you, I do sets at midnight, uh, you know, should not say yes to a midnight spot at the Laugh Factory, but I do. Um, so yes, there's that part, but also I just don't say no to work. Is there a fee? Um, and by the way, I relate to a lot of this. So I'm not asking, I'm not trying to be like, you're a weird creature. Tell me about how you operate. Cause I totally get it. Yeah. Um, but I'm wondering, is there a fear that is driving that? Yes. Okay, what is the fear? The fear is that even though I had been doing The Tonight Show at that point for five years, maybe, four or five years, there's the fear of like, well, they'll never call again. Right. And, and they know that as well. 
you know, there was a weird game. They know which. They know that. Oh, whole, that you can't like, say no. Yeah. And they, you know, sometimes I would say no, like they would call and ask for my avails and I'd be like, oh, I can't. I'm in Albuquerque that mm-hmm. week, you know, and that that's fine. I'm not. Right. Um, but there was a weird mind fuck that they would do with me on the tonight show. Tell me everything. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna need to hear every detail. I don't feel like I'm talking out of school at all because I actually had uh, the head writer, one of the producers uh, on my podcast to come clean and and he told me everything. So I don't, I'm not saying anything that I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, tell you you're not getting the first juicy scoop of it, but I just don't feel like I'm Am talking out of second. I'm you're just getting a second scoop. Oh, good. I'm just saying <laughs> I, I don't feel like I'm really like throwing anybody under the bus. Right, right. Um, but uh, I was on for, for over eight years and uh, they wouldn't put me on as a comic. They would not put me on as a stand up. And comic. what were, I know that you were doing segments. Yeah, I was doing like photo booth for many, many, many mm-hmm. years, but I also did like man on the street. Um, I also did, you know, they would have like a, a little bit that they'd bring Jim Norton in and then I would do it and then Alec Mappa and like all these fun comics right. and it was called Woulda, Shoulda, Coulda and I would do like voiceover stuff for them. So whatever they need needed me to do, I was like a utility person, but it was it's mostly the photo booth. It's interesting because to me that seems like, um, you know what, this sentence is going nowhere. So let me rephrase it. Being on as a comic is something you wanted more than being sort of a role player? No, it's not that I wanted it more. I wanted it in addition gotcha. to. Gotcha. You know, um, if I was a really crappy comic, then I could understand that like, oh, this is weird. This is awkward. She's asking us to do stand-up and <laughs> she's not really. And again, I, I'm the first one to criticize myself, but I don't think I'm that no, bad not. of a comic and also, um, yeah, I'm not going to be bitchy, but there were some really shitty comics on the Tonight Show. <laughs> I'm sorry. There just were. They, yeah. I mean, and it's not like they were bad people or bad comics, but they was just like, you'd watch and you'd be like, all right, well, that guy got mm-hmm. it. So what's the problem? Right. And the problem was they specifically did not want me to do stand up because for some reason they wanted to keep me literally in a box, <laughs> the photo booth box. Right. And they just did not want to give me any more opportunities. They thought I was being um, like, oh, God, what else does she want? She's already doing this bit. Well, what do you mean? It's not like I'm asking to run the show. I, right. I'm, I'm asking to do what I would say 99.999% of comics want, which is a great late night set. And I couldn't do Letterman because of their feud, because mm-hmm. of Leno and Letterman's feud. And then when Leno and Conan got into it, I couldn't do Conan. And then I wasn't allowed to do... And was, were, was, was that um, said explicitly, like, now you cannot do... So here's how it was said. No, they never said you cannot. Well, the, the Letterman thing I knew. Right. I just You just know that if you work in Hollywood, you just know that. The Conan thing was told to me after the whole thing happened with The Tonight Show. And... It was said to me, no one ever said, you won't be able to come back here. They just basically said, oh, that would really be frowned upon. And that I don't think anyone would be really happy with that. And then I couldn't do Jimmy Kimmel because then Kimmel and Leno got a thing going. So it was just like, so I, you're not allowing me really. I mean, yes, you're, you're allowing me if I want to, but then there's maybe a chance you won't have me back. Right. But you're basically saying we'd frown upon it if you went to these other shows, but we're not going to have you on this show as a comic. So that was just the feeling of, um, but there, there, that's also where the fear thing comes in. 
I do have this unhealthy fear always inside of me of like, there's someone bigger than me working the, the, the strings, you know, and there are, mm-hmm. that's the thing is there, there are, there were these EPs on the tonight show that wouldn't even talk to me, wouldn't even make eye contact with me. I was on the show for over eight years would not talk to me. Why? Power thing. You know, I'd be standing next to Jim Norton and one of the EPs would walk by and she'd go, Hey Jim. And then just keep walking. Listeners, could, if, I don't know if they could hear my eyelids opening really wide. That's so crazy. Did you wonder, is this really happening? Am I crazy? Uh, you know, there's always a part of me because I have this, um, it's a genetic thing. It's called Judaism. And there's just this anxiety that's just kind of coursing through your veins just on a daily basis. And then add showbiz into that and comedy and... um I feel like when you're an actor and a door gets slammed in your face, I don't feel like it's done as publicly. Right. But when you're a comic and you're on stage and the the door of no laughter gets slammed in your face, <laughs> it's very like it's in front of a couple hundred people. So we're kind of, we live in that all the time. Like that's what you're always swimming through. You know what I mean? Of like this like murky, oh my God, what if everybody hates me kind of waters. Mm, yeah. So first of all, it makes you better, I think, because then you're like, I better get to writing and I better make it good. But then it also kind of just puts you in this place of a little bit defensive all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you're always like, yeah, like you're always like in like a karate <laughs> stance, you know, lower my center of gravity so you can't knock me down. I remember, I don't know what award show it was, but Sandra Bullock, who in my more naive moments, I might have thought, who could dislike Sandra Bullock? I mean, come on. She's America's sweetheart, I think. She's one of them, one of the sweethearts. But I remember she was... um giving her acceptance speech and she's like, and to the people who hate me, I'm still here or something like that. Right. Um, and I, and it, it, there was something so genuine and defensive about it. It just made me realize to her as she's going up, like all her haters must be in her mind. And she, like everyone has haters, even her. Yes. Because, and she's, I, the, the reason I brought that up though was, and yes, she's got that showbiz insecurity and neuroticism. You know, I like when big, huge stars um, or anybody that, that it has come from maybe meager beginnings and, you know, work their way up, whatever field they're in, I like when they're honest and they talk about getting rejected and getting no's and getting, you know, like when Dave Chappelle talks about having all these different shows that never went anywhere until he got the Chappelle show. Like you want it, you need to hear those things. Mm-hmm. There's something about somebody who was let's say 500 pounds and was able to lose all the weight and do it healthy and work out. And and then you're like, okay, good. Like you want to see the before picture. Like you want to know where (laughs) you came from. Um, That is why I was so bummed out when I found out that Meryl Streep was homecoming queen. Like what? You started at the top. You started on third base and you (laughs) thought you, you know, hit a home run. It was handed to her. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but you know, how many times, how many people do you remember from your high school? If you still keep in touch, like on social media or whatever, where you're like, oh, that girl had it all together. And then you see them now and you're, oh my God, yeah. this poor sap. Like she There's was, a lot of those. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot. And that's one thing I'm going to tell my kids when they start getting into that world when hopefully it happens later. <laughs> but, you know, junior high, it's probably going to, that's when it all happens. Um, 
and I'm going to, I'm going to tell them like, trust me, it's not going to matter because they're going to be in that world. But it's like all those people that I thought had their act together. How could I think a 12 year old had their <laughs> act together? 12 year old. Oh my God. They were just shitting their pants a few years back. <laughs> How would I think? But when you're 12 and you see someone that you think, oh, they know everything. Right. They're 12. They have braces and they're so cool. Yeah, exactly. And, and that, but that still, you know, that still happens. I still feel like, oh, that person works at the network and they must know and have their shit together. And the more, the longer I'm in this business, I realize they don't. Mm-hmm. You know, the more shows I work on and the more in like deep I get in production where it's not just in front of the camera, but I'm now behind the camera too. I realize nobody knows what they're doing. Nobody knows. I know. I think about that a lot too. I think some people just project an air of confidence and um, unapologeticness, but I, I have to believe that deep down everyone feels this feels a little bit like jello, but you have to, that's that's the thing is that or you have a personality disorder yeah well there's those people yes or you're the president yes (laughs) that could happen too but you know um when i talk to people who are you know mucky mucks is what i call them Mm -hmm. that are high up on the food chain um i don't think they have secret information i don't think that they you know have any kind of like like god's not speaking through them (laughs) there's no magical like They are exactly as they were when they first started in this industry, but just experience Mm -hmm. has helped them along. But think of how long you've been driving a car. You probably have a lot of experience if you started at 16. You know, I'm in my 50s. (laughs) I'm 85. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, we have experience. But if someone slams their brakes in front of you, you're still going to freak out. Yeah. doesn't matter how much experience you have. You can get yourself out of that situation but your, your adrenaline is still you're like what the mm-hmm. hell is going on how am I going to get out of this and it's that's that's all it is that's all showbiz is I've uncovered it for everybody it's someone slamming the brakes in front of yeah. you and just still you still your heart rate's still going to like oh geez yeah I was just thinking the other day I was thinking that I suspect I walk into every audition project well, hopefully not projecting it but f- when I think about it the truth is every audition I go on Almost every. I'm gonna. I'm gonna finish a sentence, but it might be in four hours. <laughs> Feeling like, hi, I don't really deserve to be here, ah, and that yeah. is so bad. I mean, it's been a long time since I've truly auditioned, but in general, I am so. I'm not great at auditioning. I'm not comfortable in that setting, and I think it's like an imposter syndrome thing. Well, okay, so um, imagine you're going into an audition, which is not a natural place to go and try to be creative and mm-hmm. create this character and emote feelings or try to make one person laugh behind a camera when it's a comedy. So imagine you're like a chef and you know how to cook really, really well. And someone throws you into a um, a garage with a toaster oven and some baking soda and a lemon peel. <laughs> That's, and they're like, make me a feast. Yeah. And you're like, I, can, I can't do anything with this. And you're also, and I don't know if this is just me or, or everyone. That's a segment we're going to do later on the show. It's also like, and I'm not even sure who's the person deciding whether we're going to eat what I just made. Right. Like, who am I trying to, I know I'm trying to impress everyone, but who am I trying to impress the most in this situation? But also going into an audition and thinking I need to impress people, that's probably the wrong attitude too. When you book stuff, can you go back and see something in common with every part that you booked or every gig that yes, you got? What yes, was I, it? It was that 
I really was right for it. Okay. I really had a skill. And I'm going back to, to, to jobs that I interviewed, like not necessarily, well, I am come from a journalism background, right. so magazine jobs too. Right. And when I first got to New York and I was um, sending in my resume for like all these different jobs, even ones that I really would not have been good at, but I was like, I'm good at everything. So I'll, I want, you know, maybe I can get hired as a copy editor or something like that. But then ultimately the first full-time magazine job I got in New York was at Time Out New York as a music writer, which I had a ton of experience um, doing. And I was, I wasn't afraid in the interview at all. I had competent, good answers for every question. It's just like, I could do that job in my sleep. And the big jobs that I've gotten, it's all been things that I just was, it's like, there was just this perfect, um, words not coming to me. I really was, Sure. That's not where I was going, but yes, a perfect storm of, I believe I really was cut out for that role. Yeah, that's what it was. So that's great because that means that your qualities and your background and your resume and all that were in line with what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. For me, it's the complete opposite. Interesting. Every Almost, I can say, I don't know, 80% of the jobs I've booked... And not like stand-up gigs. This is just like acting stuff right. or hosting stuff, whatever, is when I go in and I don't care. Mm. I do not care. Like I actually don't even want to be there. And I think that comes across a little bit, even though I always still try to do my best. Right. But I remember that going fearlessness. In, it's not even fearlessness. Fearlessness is like, I'm so amazing. You're going to figure it out. You know, <laughs> uh, mine was like, I went in for this Amazon thing. And um, I went in caring. I went in caring. And uh, I had to slate my name. Hi, I'm Kira Soltanovich. And um, it was actually for a mom thing, right? So, and I said, I have a, um, at the time I only had one kid. And I go, I have a four-year-old, whatever. And the guy stops me and he goes, do you need some water? And I said, oh, no, thank you. But thanks for offering I'd never been stopped in the middle of an audition for, you know, can I get you something? Right. And, and then he said, is your voice okay? <laughs> and I said, and it was fine. It was uh, like now. And yeah. I said, uh, this is it. <laughs> I go, is it not to your liking? <laughs> and he goes, no, I just didn't know if that was the way it is. I go, <laughs> it sure is. Would you like me to gargle some bleach for you? Like I just started with right. him and I was just like I don't care about this anymore obviously I'm not gonna get it because he thinks I sound like I have tuberculosis so I go oh well forget it you know I'll just go through the motions and so I did it and I still did I tried you know I didn't want to look like a douche right but in my mind I was like he doesn't like my voice why so I'm not gonna get something where I have to speak and uh <laughs> I was done said thank you so much um and then uh, I went to my car and he called me when I got to my car. Uh, wow. What's your veil? What are your veils? I was like, you weirdo. <laughs> you probably like it when chicks tell you they hate you and then that's when you want to date them. Yeah. I was like, what is your problem? And then another time I got a gig where um, somebody, I saw someone in the waiting room who you just see all the time. 
like you just she's on every commercial she's the face of everything you just see her all the time oh i want to know how, I was, so badly who it is you know what i haven't seen her actually in a while now okay. so i don't know what happened i don't know if she aged out but um, <laughs> but i would always see her and i'd be like oh forget it her, renee renee was her name and uh i was like forget it i'm not gonna get this <laughs> it's like obviously gonna it's she, renee's it's renee she, she does everything and she's great she's a great she's a very nice person too mm-hmm. but i'm not gonna get this so i walked in and it was like this thing and it was like a um it was a, a, a i think for lean cuisine or something um it, it was for lean cuisine what am i talking about it was and uh it was for lean cuisine so i walk in and i was like whatever lean cuisine it's great <laughs> if you're hungry and you want to eat lean <laughs> eat lean cuisine i don't know what to tell you people just eat lean cuisine all right and I left <laughs> and I booked it. I just, it's like, that's the only time I get stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, am I trying too hard in the other auditions? Am I too like, <laughs> you know, puppy well, dog? I think, yeah, I yeah. think I'm not saying you are. I think that's, I think I, there's a part of me that probably defers to being too eager and that's gross. I wouldn't want to be around that eager person either. Yes. I'm talking about myself. Not of you. course. No, no, I understand. And yet, that's sometimes the thing you, the, I don't know, like a default. Right. Well, here's the weird thing, though. In show business and in an audition, that neediness or eagerness, and they're not the same, but I think can be a turnoff. However, going back to the non-show business magazine jobs, I think I went into a lot of auditions with a like, I don't want to seem like I want this too bad. I'm going to not auditions, interviews. Yeah. The fatigue. Um, I don't, <laughs> I'm going to act really cool and then that'll make them want me more. And I think that that was shooting myself in the foot because actually if I were on, if I were hiring someone for my magazine or whatever, I would want the person that really wants the job and really wants to show you how good they're going to be. Yeah. And is really, you know, and even like sends a follow-up email. And I was always hesitant to send a follow-up email. Like, am I being too needy? Or right. it's like I brought, it's like I had dating and job interviews reversed. Cause I was real bad at hiding my eagerness and neediness in relationships, but I was like really cool on job too cool k-e-w-l on job interviews and probably they're just like well let's just give it to the person who actually wants to be here right i don't know it's like you they have to like something about you Mm -hmm. and that's why i go into auditions as much as i can just being myself which you know, maybe it's a bad thing because maybe I have some bad qualities that people are like, we can't spend 12 hours a day with her on set. But I, I do, uh, I, I do jokes. I, I throw jokes around. Like if I'm going to be on set, this is what I do. I, so maybe they see that as like a bad thing. I don't know. I haven't cracked it yet. I've cracked it to the point where I'm steadily working, but I haven't cracked it to that next level. Right. You know, I've cracked it to the point of like, yeah, we'll hire her, but this isn't. But that's great. But this isn't like a big gig. (laughs) You know, so it's fine. Hey, don't knock lean cuisine. (laughs) I know. I enjoy their cuisine. You know, it helped pay for our wedding. That campaign. That is awesome. I made the most I've ever made. Did you do a bunch of commercials? (laughs) Yeah. We did. Did you get a lot of lean cuisine? I, I politely said, no, thank you. Really? I can't. I don't like diarrhea. <laughs> Girl, you got to push past it. <laughs> no, I really eat a lot of lean cuisine. You, you can't yeah. tell looking at me and my pregnancy body. But um, yeah, I, I, 
Diarrhea is not my problem. It's not a problem. Mm-mm. Good for you. Thank for you. you. I mean, maybe it just happens to match up with my constitution. I don't know. You're from Bay Area. San Francisco. You bonded with my mom. Listeners, my mom is here right now. And you bonded with my mom yes. while I was uh, changing Elliot's diaper. It was like three diapers in a row. Um, my face lights up when someone's from the city. I love it. That's And how long did you live there? Uh, we moved when I was four and then I lived there until, you know, I went to college. Mm-hmm. My parents were still there. Yeah. My parents can still somehow afford it. <laughs> um, they both just bought smartly. If that's a word, is that a word? It is a word. Good. You know um, what else is a word that came that? up on this podcast? Mediocrely. The guest oh. said it and was like, that can't be a real word. Yeah. Wouldn't it just is be a word. mediocre? You'd think. Right. But if you do something in a mediocre fashion, you could do it mediocre. Mediocrely. Yeah. Okay. Mediocre-ish? No, no. I throw a lot of ish around. That's okay. I think yeah. I, I go to esque before ish. Esque? But that's a little... It's fucked out. <laughs> it's fucked out? <laughs> I think so. I don't think I've ever heard fucked out. Oh, really? No. Okay. No. But like, if I were you and I was describing the ciabatta, I would say ciabatta-ish. <laughs> and I would ciabatta say... between your legs. Ciabatta-esque. Ciabatta-esque. Yeah. Yeah, well... We've canvassed tomato, this. Tomato, tomato, tomato. <laughs> Um, okay, so you grew so up in the city. San what was Francisco. your childhood like? I know you're a uh, daughter of immigrants. Well, I'm a daughter of immigrants, but also an immigrant. Okay. Yeah. So I was born in the Ukraine. That's what I thought. Yeah. But then I read that you grew up in Northern California, and for some reason, that made me think you were born there. But then you saying that, you know what, this is not important. You saying well, that you were there from the time you were four should have tipped me off. I became a citizen of the United States when I was eight. And I had to take the test. What was that like? Um, I aced it. Here, I'm here right now, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, so we had like green cards. And um, I think my dad had like a refugee status much longer than we did. We got green cards mm-hmm. really quickly. And for some reason, like they give them to like the mother and the children. And Well, then- they did. They did. <laughs> Exactly. They did. And then for some reason, the fathers, they don't. It's such a weird Titanic rule. I don't get it. Like why my dad had to wait so much longer. Um, And I really did not want to give up my green card because they make you turn it in when you become a citizen. I loved that thing. I've never actually seen an actual green card. I don't know why I loved it so much. I had this pride in being like an immigrant and... I don't know. I did not want to give it up. I even told my mom, I go, well, when they ask for it, I'm going to give them, like, I was trying to be like a magician. I was like, I'll have <laughs> something else in my hand and I'll do like a sleight of hand and then I'll, and then I'll, I'll, I'll cup the green card and put it back in my pocket. And my Shifty. mom was like, you're going to get us in trouble before we even become citizen. She was always yelling, always, <laughs> constantly. But yeah, we were, we were, um, immigrants. Do you so, remember, um, the Ukraine? I was really little. So we got to the States. I was two. So I was I was really little. But so I'm going to say no. Then. No. What was you, no. What was your first language? Russian. Do you still speak it? Yeah, but poorly. Mm. I went to Moscow. I do a bit about this on stage about my dad telling me in a Moscow cab, um, "Please stop talking because you sound like idiot." <laughs> Like, I guess we had been there for a couple weeks, and um, he could have told me earlier. He waited. He waited. I don't know why. And uh, he asked me to stop stop speaking in Russian in public. Like, to him, I still could. But just because it was – because when we left, 
it was, you know, people were speaking in a different way. Mm-hmm. It's like the 70s here. Like I was walking around Moscow like, what it is, Jav Turkey? <laughs> Give me some skin, <laughs> Slim. You know, I mean, it was just. But that's so cool. <laughs> yes. I mean, but not it's to your dad. so but... outdated. Yeah. If you, if you had a friend who was young walking uh-huh. around with you, you know what I mean? Asking you, you know, like how's it going? And they were like, Oh, you know, just, I'm just getting the green in the machine. You're like, what the hell? (laughs) Shut up. That's so funny. You know, it's like someone speaking in catchphrases. That's why, cause that's the Russian I learned. Right. Right. What was your childhood like? Do you Um, have siblings? I did. I did. My brother passed away. Um, Oh my gosh. How many years ago was it? Like 13? How? Heart attack. Oh my God. 38 years old. That's way too yeah, young. Yeah. Not that there's ever young. a great age, but that's... There's never a great age. Maybe a hundred. But you hear of people in their 40s or 50s having heart attacks, and that seems crazy young. Yeah. 30 is... 38. Even younger. Yeah. Yeah. He just... It was, Did he have heart disease? So here's the thing with dudes that you and your listeners might already know. Um, they don't like to take care of themselves sometimes. Mm. He wasn't overweight. So it wasn't like, oh, well, he was 400 pounds, so that makes sense. It right. wasn't like that thing. It was like he was feeling some uncomfortableness. Is that a word? He was feeling some mediocrity. <laughs> and um, he did not act smartly. He, well, here's the thing. Um, so the background of it is he was married to a woman. I feel, I feel like I always shoot myself in the foot when I do this, but I don't care. She's probably not listening. She's not a good person. She might, who knows? Who knows? She might be, whatever. Um, I don't care. She knows I don't like her. Um, she's, she was not a good person. Mm-hmm. She's just very selfish. And he had some chest pains. They actually called 911 once. He never told anybody, mm-hmm. but she knew. And went to go see a doctor. And the doctor was like, you got to start going to the gym. Again, it wasn't because he was huge. She just needed to be heart smart and all that. And, right. and you know... Um, avoid like you know high altitudes and things that they tell you take mm-hmm. a baby aspirin i don't know things that they tell you and fourth of july 2003 my ex-sister-in-law was like she's very into whatever she needs is the most important mm-hmm. priority and nobody else matters she was like well i want to go to lake tahoe they had a house in tahoe i want to go to tahoe i want to go gamble take me to the casinos i want to go to tahoe it's fourth of july i want to go see fireworks i want to go to tahoe and he said to her i'm really not feeling well like i just want to lay on the couch and just hang out she's like i want to go to tahoe so she made him go drive four hours from san francisco and that that's where they went and they saw the fireworks fourth of july and then he fell over and oh. was gone Oh my God. So yeah. Is there a part of me that feels like maybe she kind of sort of murder adjacent? Mm -hmm. Yes. Murder adjacent. I know that's a big thing to say, but that's how I feel. I feel like if my husband ever said, I'm not feeling well, Mm -hmm. whatever my plans are, are not important. That's you're not feeling well, then we don't have to go. Right. Let's just hang out. Whatever. Now, I'm not saying that would have saved him. If it was his time, it was his time. It's however people see where life and death and, and it's like, we all have a, you know, we all have a time and we're all going to go. And uh, actually the rabbi at his um, serve at his funeral said something, you know, that's 
pretty cool way to look at it. It's like, we're all just a book and some people just have this many chapters and some people just have this many chapters. And it's just, we're, we all don't have the same amount of pages in our book. I hate That's, that. I hate that too. I know. I know. So when people ask me that, I always say, you know, they like, oh, do you have any siblings or, or do you have any, you know, how many kids in your family? I always say, oh, it, it, there were. Mm-hmm. My mom, this is weird. She can't handle it. So if I'm ever out with her and they, and she goes, oh, this is my daughter. Oh, we've heard so much about you. And then they'll say, oh, do you have any other siblings or do you have any other kids? And my mom will say no. Because she doesn't want to field the questions. Right. So I get it. Like everyone handles it differently. Or sometimes if it's a conversation that I feel like is going really quickly and doesn't have time to like slow down like this mm-hmm. for the podcast, then I go, um, oh yeah, brother. And then I just kind of let it go. Right. Yeah. But for some reason, she can't handle it. So she just goes, it's just her. How does that make you feel? Well, it feels awful, (laughs) but I get it. And Mm -hmm. I'm not going to criticize how she grieves. You know, it's like, that's your thing. I'm not going to tell you what to do. And also, it's pointless because it's not going to bring anybody back to it just it's not something yeah. i'm going to like get in a fight with her about i fight with her about so many other things <laughs> we have a long list of things we can fight about we don't have to argue about that did you ever let the murder adjacent sister-in-law know how you felt uh inadvertently uh, well via first podcast. of all <laughs> via, po- <laughs> via snapchat <laughs> um first of all like a couple weeks after um, after his death, uh, so his 13 year old son saw the whole thing. Oh God. Yeah. He had, he had one kid. Um, she just like stopped letting us see mm. my nephew. She was just like, yep, we're just, you're not, you know, because of something I said, which was like, I thought just the best of intentions, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how Jewy are you? How Jewy? Um, like, do you do the whole sitting shiva? No, no. Yeah. I um, I don't. I don't observe any Jewy things, but I feel like, despite that, I'm still fairly Jewy. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. But whenever, yeah, I don't know they anything ask me about, to sit okay. shiva. Whatever you do, and as a chick, you really can't do much because of the rules. Uh-huh. That's why I just hate it. I hate. <laughs> I hate it. But whatever, I did it. I went to the synagogue and did the thing, and I was there. Like you know, you're there for like a week or so. So like you start to think of like, oh. Let me ask and see if there's like a grief thing for teens. Mm-hmm. Maybe some other teens that have lost a parent. Maybe he can join like a group where they can talk about it and maybe have, you know, be able to share his feelings. I mentioned it. I just like the words just came out. Maybe there's a teen. No. And she was like, he doesn't need anything. He doesn't need anybody. He did that. And she just, that was it. And she thought like we were going to try to like get him know. some help. Yeah. God forbid. <laughs> How dare you? God forbid. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so yeah. that seems crazy to me no, that that would be the, th- yeah, I guess that's crazy what person. you're driving at. She told my mom that uh, he died because of bad genes, because oh, of genetics. That's like a real fuck you. Isn't that nice yeah. to say to someone? That's- yeah. Well, she sounds fun. After the podcast, I'm going to show you a picture of her and you'll see the just it's the insanity oh i can't wait does and it come out in the hair or is it a face thing everything <laughs> everything she has a fake ass she got her boobs i mean she just top to bottom like butt implants everything anything you can think of she's gotten wow name it go whatever 
It's funny. This I feel like this question is crossing the line. So tell me if it is. But what did he see in her? Oh well, that he he wasn't worthy of someone like her. Oh yeah, he was like the uh, he was like I got the casting director for Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Where he was like, oh, she'll date me. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um. So. Okay, so, but growing up, you had older older brother? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was um, much older. He was like a second father. And so what was your childhood like in general? You know, I actually was very independent because my brother was so much older. He wanted to get like a GED and get out of the house. Mm-hmm. And he did. Like at 17, he was gone. Eight, 17 or 18, you know, he was just out. And uh, he graduated early and he wanted to move out. He moved to like Arizona with his friends. And my parents let him. I don't, what? (laughs) Oh my God. Um, The minute you have kids, you go back in time and watch your whole childhood like a movie, you know? And it's just like, how Mm -hmm. did my parents, not only do they put a key around my neck on a rope that I wore all day, my mother sewed my address into my clothes (laughs) for a pedophile to be like, here you go. You know, we've delivered here. Just take this. Here's the address. (laughs) Here's the key. Have a good time. We get home at six. You know, it's like I was very independent, which I think now helps me on the road as a comic because you're isolated a lot. It's not what people think at all, which I'm sure you've had plenty of standups on the show, Mm but, um, you're, there's a lot of alone time. Yeah. You know, I don't travel with an entourage with like some comics do. So it's just, you have to be okay being by yourself. Comics who travel with an entourage. When I see that, I'm like, oh, that's someone who's willing to pay a lot of money in order to not be alone. Yeah. Yeah. And also in order to not be the bad guy. Oh, you yeah. You know, like if right. you're at your hotel and whatever it is you need, mm-hmm. you send someone from your entourage down and now the star doesn't seem like a dick. It's, right. You know, right. their cousin, their second cousin once removed or whoever they have on their team. But um, I was alone a lot. And then I would make um, friends with the neighborhood kids. And we luckily had a lot of neighborhood kids and we all would walk to school together in the morning and we'd all walk home together. And this was like a 15, 20 minute walk. Mm -hmm. This was not just three blocks. It was a lot of left and right turns and a lot of big intersections. Now I know your baby is too small to even fathom. Like he hasn't even like fully opened his eyes yet, but I'm not going to let him. No, (laughs) of course not. Of course not. But yet my parents and there was no, there was a house phone that they could have called me on that. But that was it. That was the only way to know where I was. Mm -hmm. And so um, playground every day. It was, it was definitely like a lot of playing, hanging out, kid stuff, and then refereeing the screaming and the yelling at home and not just not getting hit. That was my goal was not to get hit when I was a kid. Did you get hit a lot? Oh, yeah. I failed a lot. <laughs> Both your parents? Mostly my mom. My dad um, liked to threaten a lot and then never could follow through. Again, because I'd crack a joke. And <laughs> he just, he'd be like, oh, forget it. Just, all right. Just don't right. bother me. I'm watching football. I know that 
there was a time where that was just how kids were raised. Because whereas like yeah. now when you say it, it's like, oh my God, that's child abuse. Yeah. That's my reaction. Yeah. Is that, and that's yeah. how you feel too, I take it? 100%. Yeah. But you know, I, um, do you know who the comic Rich Schneider is? I know that. Name. He actually has a great book out right now. I guess I'll plug his book. Do it. But it's, I think it's Kicking Through the Ashes is what it's called. And it's all about, you know, his time in the 70s and 80s. I can't believe I'm plugging another <laughs> comics, but he's so great though. By the way, he's the first headliner I saw live at a comedy club that I snuck into when I was 15. Oh, that's very cool. Cobbs in San Francisco. So anyways, uh, he was on my podcast and we were talking and, and he got hit a lot as a kid. And so we were talking about like, um, you know, just what it's like and would we ever hit our kids and he has kids and he would never do it. And I don't ever want, you know, no, but he said something so interesting. And now I think about it all the time or maybe I said it. <laughs> anyway, um, it's like something brilliant yeah, it was, was said. Genius. <laughs> Everything came into focus when I heard it or said it. We said it together. <laughs> okay. We we said the words. We came together at the same time. With the words. <laughs> um, it's like having an alcoholic parent, mm-hmm. and you feel like is that alcoholic gene in me? Am I gonna? And so, um, or like being an alcoholic yourself, and you're you're in recovery. And every day you just, you feel like, oh my God, is this the day I'm going to slip? Right. Because he was hit so much that he was like, it's inside of me. And it's such an easy thing to just like ah, unleash, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, oh my God, I can totally relate. Because again, your kid still has like placenta on him. <laughs> um, you can't even fathom this, but there's going to be a no. day where you're going to want to choke him out. I, that, I think about that. <laughs> There's going to be a day. I'm not saying that I yeah. want to choke my child. No, but I can imagine that like, you get to that. You get frustrated. The fuck yeah. Up. See, I can't. I can't fathom that yet. But I know that. I know that's it's how it out is. there. Yeah, and it's gonna every parent. Mm-hmm. It's, it doesn't make you a bad person. It's just that's just biology, right? right? You know, uh, something's going on in your body and your chemistry, and things start to boil mm-hmm. and bubble, and that's how it happens. But um, I can't hit my kid. Now, that's not saying I haven't grabbed him by the wrists a couple times and give him like a Satan voice. <laughs> you shut up. You know, I've done that. Right. Um, but uh, that's, you know, very rare. And I look, I admit I need to, when I do more yoga mm-hmm. and I take care of myself and I'm more mindful, I'm a much better parent. So if I can give any advice in the short six years <laughs> that I have been a parent, it's, you know, take care of you also. Mm-hmm. It's like the airplane rule. You know, put your mask right. on first. If you're breathing, then you can fumble and get the mask on the kid. It's that, that is so true, you know, but if I'm like tired and exhausted and I'm feeling crappy about something that's going on maybe in my career or whatever, and then... It's so easy to take it out on them. It's just like, did you find the adjustment to being a parent difficult? Because I am finding it's, it's just less natural feeling. And I think harder than in in a lot of ways than I expected. And a lot of identity stuff, like I think because I'm having a kid when I'm older and I've had, I've been a, my career has been my sole focus for so long to all of a sudden where it's like, now I'm just this person who changes diapers and feeds a baby that feels I'm, I'm 
the other me is slipping away. Oh, yes. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You are um, constantly like in, in any action movie where they're like <laughs> holding on by one hand to the side of a cliff. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, that's not realistic like any human would fall by now you mm. can't hold your body weight on the or like a helicopter that's moving you know they're <laughs> right. like, get the ladder <laughs> but that's every day of being a parent you're like how am i surviving i'm literally holding on to the side of a building mm. with with three fingers and the villain in the movie which by the way is your child as a toddler <laughs> is stepping on each finger and saying like you know the speech that every villain gives before they try to kill the hero right. and then someone sweeps in and saves the hero and that's but that's every day being a parent. Every day. So it's comforting. Mazel tov. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the thing with the identity, that's going to come in waves and shifts. Mm-hmm. And uh, like your parenting right now, and I'm not saying this about you specifically. It's okay. All right, I am. <laughs> no, anybody that has a, you know, less than three month old baby, the parenting, the scope of what you're doing is just keep the baby alive Mm -hmm. the real parenting comes once the baby at about 18 months uh open palms smacks you across the face (laughs) like a pimp demanding money (laughs) then you're like oh i have to this is the moment that i become a parent Mm -hmm. it's like that moment that you like lose your just caretaking virginity where like I've just been feeding you and keeping you alive and kissing you and singing you songs and like loving you. And now it's like, Oh, Oh, I have to teach you how to be a person. Mm. Like, Oh, cause you could easily just be a douche. (laughs) It's, it's, I think a human default to just be a dick. Oh, that's an interesting way of looking at dicks in this world. They just weren't properly parented. No, 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 no. They were not stopped. So like, you know, like, let's say you're a coach, you're a mm. human coach, you're yeah. a coach for humans is what you are. And let's say your player um, has a bad swing. And you never correct their swing. Or you're, you know, right. whatever basketball, whatever the sport is, whatever, if anyone's listening that loves sports, whatever that analogy is to you, they never corrected your crappy, bad habit. And then that's how you've been playing through life. Mm. and just swinging like an absolute (laughs) a-hole i mean and or or sometimes the parent is just absent so that's bad parenting too because it's just like non-existent yeah neglect um there's sometimes parents are scared of their kids Mm -hmm. where they're like i just i just want jebediah to just receive whatever he wants and it's like no, Los Feliz Mom 145 or whatever <laughs> your handle is. No. Right. It's hard. It's, it's such a tricky way to go through life because you're, I don't know about you. I don't know everything yet. So I'm, I'm maneuvering through my life mm-hmm. and then also teaching this miniature person how to maneuver through their life. That's why you have to look back to your parents and all the times you're like, I can't believe they didn't give me a new car when I was 16. <laughs> and then you realize they were just trying to hold their shit together. Yeah, they were getting their ass handed to them too. But we don't see our parents as humans. No. We see them as like, well, that's the my supervisor, like at my job. You know what I mean? Like that's upper management. And so it's like now you go back and I'm rewatching my whole childhood through my memory Netflix binge watching, going, oh, 
I get it. There was this one moment when I was a kid, I think I was about four, and I just remember crying. And I remember crying, and I was so sad. And it wasn't fake crying, it wasn't Mm -hmm. like whining crying. I was truly sad, and my mom just sat there and watched me. And I remember thinking at four, what an animal. (laughs) I can't believe she just sitting here and watch. She probably likes it. Oh, wow. And now I think back, I go, I was probably doing something shitty. And she was like, go fuck, go cry, go cry about it. Go cry. Is that what you need to do right now? Now, granted, I usually give my kid a hug. I don't let him cry too long because I'm still straddling angry Soviet and <laughs> yoga mom that lives in the valley. You know, I'm, I'm always straddling those two worlds. Right. Of like, come on, get up. But can I help you also? <laughs> come on, you're big enough, but I'll lay your clothes out for you. <laughs> so, it messes with your head. Um. You have two podcasts. Yes. I do. Oh, yes. Can I plug Please my new do. one? Please oh, do. I'm so excited. Okay. So the reason I'm excited is because I'm coming out of the closet that I have been in for many, many years. I was surprised when I saw what this was about. Yes, everyone is. And I haven't even fully announced it. Oh. I feel like... Oh, this is the scoop that you wouldn't give me before. This could be it. I feel like, you know, when Queen Latifah, like we all just kind of knew she was a lesbian. Mm. She never announced it. We were like, oh, okay. So this is happening. Yeah. Great. We all knew, but like, yeah. so I have for many, many, many years, uh, suppressed, uh, uh, something that I knew that I had, uh, which was the ability to read people to give readings because I felt like it was just too cuckoo laka mm-hmm. crazy town USA. And my mom used to drag me to these like crystal conventions <laughs> when it was like people take a, a picture of you with a special aura camera. <laughs> this is real. I and, did like, not know about Oh this. yeah. And there's like a, an aura that comes out. It's a special film that can read your whatever. I don't know. I'm so like, n- I'm such a non-believer but I also totally believe because I know because I, I do it. Uh-huh. So um, I would only give readings to friends and I was super secretive about it. Is It's like tarot card readings? So it's or not just... tarot. I don't know tarot because okay. you have to study tarot. Right. You have to know and understand what's happening and I've never studied it. Okay. Um, and even when I get like a reading, I still have no idea what they're talking about. They're like, look, it's the Satan of Pentacles. It's good luck. <laughs> My goodness. Someone play the lottery. I'm like Satan is on the card. That just means rebirth. <laughs> that just means when you see how his anus is on fire, that means good luck is coming to you. I, just, I don't get it. So um, I just read energy. That's that's all I read. Um, and it's like... Uh, it's like think of that show when people have crap in their attic and they take it to those um, those sh- those conventions where someone tells them how much it's worth. What are mm-hmm. those things called? Antique road show. Thank you. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> um, so I'm like the antique road show, right? So I really just read what you already have present, and I'm just reading it for you. Mm. Um, I'm so my energy is very self conscious right now. I don't mean really? I'm self conscious. I mean I'm just self conscious suddenly about what aura I'm giving off. Oh, no, you give a great aura. Oh, you're you. wearing mascara. How could you have a bad aura? Oh, thank my God. Thank you. Thank you. I love it. Love it. You, you did it up. <laughs> um, so I, I've been doing this, and I just don't ever, ever, ever talk about it. Ever. I don't know why. It's like a part of me that's like, oh, maybe I'm ashamed. Maybe I think people will not believe it. So I don't want to be like, that's fake. I don't right. want that, you know. 
But Karen Rontowski, who is a good friend of mine, is also a comic and is open about her tarot readings. She does them all the time. She has a website. You can go book a tarot reading with her over the phone. You could be anywhere in the world. You know, so it's like she's totally in it. And I gave her a reading once and she said I was spot on and it was on my podcast. And like what kind of stuff did you assess? Um, honestly, when I do readings, I completely forget what I say. Ooh, you go into another zone. I completely forget. So I just remember a couple of things because she's brought them up, which was her sister came through really, really. Her sister's alive, by mm-hmm. the way. It's not like she came through like, you know, Long right. Island medium. It's like, I'm feeling the letter M. You know, I'm very <laughs> like, again, I'm I'm on board with with skeptics. I'm uh-huh. very skeptic, but I also, it's like a weird Interesting. conflict. Yeah. But um, I was like, your sister's coming through and she feels like, you know, she's like, I'm doing a lot of work over here. And, and she's like making a lot of noise. Like, don't forget about me because I'm, I'm, and it's true. Her sister was helping her parents because she lives close to them. Well, their parents, you know, um, with uh, going into like maybe like an assisted living program because they're getting older. And Karen, you know, she was like, oh my God, my sister, that's totally my sister. She's all about like, you're out in LA, but I'm here with mom and dad and I'm helping. So, you know, it was one of those things where she was like 100%. Like she said it right away. So I was like, oh, okay, great. And then I don't remember the rest of the reading, but it was short. Mm-hmm. I got so many emails and so many people that I don't get I don't get a third of that kind of reaction from just a regular podcast. Right. Tweeting, uh, you know, DM, Facebook, email. I mean, everything. I, I, I heard that podcast with Karen Rontowski. That was my favorite. That was so great. I was like, Jesus, that was the one I did had nothing to do with parenting. And mm-hmm. I have a parenting podcast. And I was like, called the Kira Sultanovich show. Correct? Just my name. Yeah. yeah which I, I can tell you another story about that later. Why it's just my name. Um, so I told Karen, look, I think we need to do a podcast where we read fellow comedians. We give them a reading. You do tarot. I'll read their energy. It's like getting a forehanded massage at one time. <laughs> And it's going to be funny because we're funny and we're comics and then our guests are going to be funny. So it's going to be more just have a good time, have some laughs more than anything else. And but also we're going to give them a reading. We can talk about serious stuff. We can talk about whatever goofy stuff, your career, your family, your life, whatever you want. And that's what we did. That's so cool. And it's called Karen and Kira can read. Yes. (laughs) I just I literally read that. You read it like you were hooked on phonics. <laughs> Let me see if I can pronounce this correctly. Karen. I can barely read my writing. Karen and Kira can read. I like it. Yeah. And it just debuted, right? We just had our, we just dropped the first one on Monday. Yes. Who's the guest? Graham Elwood. Oh, cool. He's great. You know Graham. I do know Graham. Yeah, because you've done the pod fest. I have. That's, I think, the first time I ever listened to your podcast. Oh. It was a few years ago. The first time you did it. Yes. Oh, because the podcast is only a few years old. Duh. Yeah. No, the podfest with my podcast. I'm sorry. The podfest is only a few years old. Did I do it the first year? I think I did do it the first year. Yeah. And I had Doug Benson and Greg Proops on. Yeah. And then I did it again a couple years later. You did it again. I remember seeing you again. Yeah. 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 Um, And that's when I was like, oh, and I started listening because I already knew who you were. Oh, thank you. I've known of you forever. Well, not for a long time because I used to do red eye and you did it as well. I don't know if we ever did it at the same time though. I mean on the same, we did it at the same time period. I don't know if we were ever on together. I think we, did you do it while you were living in New York? Yeah. In studio. I did. Oh my gosh. I did it like a ton of times. So I, we were, it was the same time period. I'm just repeating myself. Yeah. I'm trying to think (laughs) if we ever did it together though. 
Um, well, I was always in LA in the LA oh, offices. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I so was, then maybe we did because you were on remote. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you ever somebody do it go anymore? find that episode. No, because I was too, I don't know where you fall politically, but I was too liberal for them. Did they actually say that to you? No, but they kind of did. Right. Yeah. I would sort of just try to be more funny than, a fe- right. but then political. Smart, smart. Well, I don't know. At the beginning, when you and I were, were both doing it, I feel like they had a lot of comedians on and it was just funny and absurd and it wasn't that strident politically. And then it got a little more political yeah. and more newsy. Um, and then I, I think at a certain point I was told, we want your opinion first and the joke after. So like they, oh, okay. you need to have an actual opinion. And then that was more difficult for me because I was trying to i think hide my liberalism yeah i don't know why because there were people that were on and that were just out about how they felt but um i don't know i think talking about like not ever turning anything down before i started going on red eye and then other fox programs were having me on and and i had this like craving to be on air i still have it yeah um so much that i'm like they're putting me on tv i don't want to do anything to get in the way of repeated bookings. And I was, I was doing a, a lot of, of television at the time and like other news shows and stuff. And, you know, I was the person where like, they could be like, it's 7 a.m. Like our guest just dropped out. Can you be here? And I'm like, I'll be there. You yeah. Know? Very, yeah. there was a desperation, but also a willingness to do but, anything. But they wouldn't have called you if they didn't think you were fun and interesting and you know, that viewers liked you. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, don't be hard on yourself that you were like, yeah, I'll be there. That's, right. That's no, why they- the only thing I'm hard on myself about, but not even because I feel like it was fine is the fact that I was like, I can't, I'm not going to be as liberal as I really am. You know, yes. whereas now I, now I'm pretty open about all my politics. Well, I, um, yeah, cause I think I follow you on Twitter. So yeah, I've been, per- I've, yeah, some would, some would argue too. Some would are like, close, close that up, please. Yeah, I know me too. <laughs> I retweet everything. Oh my like, yeah. God. No, me too. Well, it's, a, it's an unusual, it's horrific a, time we're yeah, living in. Exactly. But I think that, I think we were on at the same time. Mm-hmm. I do because now I'm thinking back, I was only on maybe, I mean, it was definitely less than 10 times. Okay. You made like, quite a an impression on this gal. That's oh. me I'm pointing to. Yeah. Because I thought you had done it like a bunch of times. It was definitely less than 10. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it was a lot. I did a lot. But I remember um, once saying something about being um, an immigrant or Jewish or something like Soviet. Like, Because I, I always throw my Sovietness in, right. in there, right? I mean, if I'm... If I'm going to have these chin hairs, I'm going to, you know, <laughs> get something out of it. Right. Um, and Greg Gutfeld. Gutfeld, yeah. yeah. He said something and then he made like a joke. But then, you know, they only give you like a certain amount of camera time and then they go off to the next person. Right. And I was so loud. I interrupted. So forcing the camera back on me and I kind of tagged his joke with uh-huh. something stronger and the panel laughed really hard. And I think that was the last time I did it. I think oh. after that, they didn't have me on anymore. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was like, what the, f- this is my show. And she's, you know, like pulling attention mm-hmm. and, and forcing, like, I was like, Greg, Greg oh, no, hold on. No, 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 no. See, I think that's why I liked you so much though. Cause you, <laughs> Cause you I- were funny and outspoken and I don't know. That's interesting. That's interesting. Did you ever do Chelsea lately? Did you do Chelsea lately a ton? No. Neither of those? No, she would no. Oh wait, you had 
you were on a show with her. Yes. I feel like I've hit upon something. <laughs> and it's, I'm reading your aura. Oh, are you reading my yeah, energy? Yeah, I'm, pi- I'm picking something up. What? Um, say whatever you want to say. No, we were on Girls Behaving Badly together, which was like a million years ago, a hidden camera show uh-huh. on Oxygen, which I think now Oxygen just doing murder shows. Um, but yeah, we were on Girls Behaving Badly together, you know. So that was before Chelsea lately. She she didn't have any of the cast from Girls Behaving Badly on her new show. Hmm. <laughs> Naturally, I want to ask more questions, but I you feel can like ask whatever okay. you want. I'm there's so. What no, are you guys? Was there a falling out? I never had a problem with Chelsea. I think she had a, some problem with me. I don't know what it was. Maybe mm-hmm. it was actually no. That's not true. I do know what it was. It was exactly what we were talking about earlier. The eagerness. The I'm excited to be on set. Hey, everybody. I remember once I said hi to a um, uh, an electric assistant, you know, the guy that just like pulls cable on a TV right. show, you know, some poor young 20 yeah. year old who's getting paid, you know, probably a PA's rate. And uh, I asked him how his I knew he had done something that weekend or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, how was your sister's wedding? Whatever it was. He's like, oh, thanks for remembering. It was great. I appreciate that. Thanks. And he was so like taken aback that I remembered something about him personally. And Chelsea, and we were sitting getting our makeup done. And Chelsea looked at me and she goes, really? You're going to be that person? (laughs) And I just, I was like, what person? She's like, oh, how was your weekend? How was your wedding? Your sister's wedding? And she was being totally sincere. She was just like, why do you have to be the person that cares about some PA or some lower person that's, you know, filling ice at the craft service table? Like, why do you have to be that? Why do you have to be so eager? Right. Be an eager beaver to be like, hey, everybody, we're all friends. Mm. And I remember saying to her, I go, and you know what else is terrible, Chelsea? I know that his birthday is April 4th. (laughs) And the reason I know that is because it's my best friend's birthday. So that's the only, you know what I mean? It's just one of those things. And she was like, ugh. And I go, I know, I'm disgusting. And guess what? If we're working on April 4th, I might just bring him something. (laughs) And I remember like just thinking it's going to be, this is going to be a challenge. And it was for four seasons. But again, I don't want to change who I am because then I have to change for every single person on every show that I work on. That's why I say when I go into, let's say, a meeting or an audition, it's like, this is who I am. I'm going to make some crazy jokes. I'm going to, you know, do, uh, you know, some finger bang bang, whatever I do. You know, remember your birthday if it's April 4th. Hey, (laughs) if it's it's my best friend's or my family's birthday, I'm going to remember, you know, like I'm just going to be. Like, this is who I am. And and she so did not like that. She just did not like me. She was just... So from the beginning, you felt that she didn't like you? Oh, for sure. Not felt. I think she might have told me. <laughs> but were you guys equals on that show? Yes, but she, not in her mind. In her mind, it was her show. Interesting. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out what it is that rubbed her the wrong way about you I know exactly. Friend. Okay, it what is it? It was exactly me just wanting to, hey, everybody, we're all a family. But You know like you... when you're on set shooting and you're like, we're all a family. We, mm-hmm. we eat meals together. We're 12-hour days. I see you more than I see you. Yeah, everyone else. hates that asshole. Right? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, no, that but... friendly person who's like, I'm going to be nice to everyone regardless of yep. how far down the line they are. Yes, that's what it was. 
But what I guess what I'm wondering is, do you think that she felt that there was something insincere about you doing that? Like, was she like, you look at you having to be so make a big show of being nice? Or is it just that she dislikes genuine niceness? Honestly, I don't know. I don't uh, do that kind of stuff insincerely. Yeah, I'm not suggesting you are. No, at all. I'm know. just trying to get into the mind of someone yeah. who's like, blah. It's too exhaustive to be insincere for me. Right. It's so much easier. That's why it's like, I tell my kid, it's the truth is so much easier. You don't have to remember anything because mm. it's already, it's already there in your brain. Yeah. You know? So it's like, it's so much easier just to be who you are. Now that said, did I feel like I <clears throat> would go out of my way to say hi to people? Yes. Because guess what? If you're ignoring someone that is working alongside you and you can't even say good morning to them, then what, who are you? Who are you? Mm-hmm. Who are you? Like, think about who you are as a person. I'm not saying get into everybody's life, but just like a, like, no, don't be an just, asshole. Just, or, or, you know what? It's hard to memorize names. Okay. I get it. It's really hard, but just try to something, memorize something like a, Hey, did, don't you play hockey? How was hot? Whatever. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, you're being a human. It's just being a human. But I get it if people don't like that. They think they, they I don't know, they think that you're trying too hard. So four seasons <clears throat> of someone who made it clear she didn't like you. Oh, no. she Again, your mom just came in the room, so I don't want to use any bad words. But More than didn't like you? She said words to me while we were shooting. The worst Again, they don't mean anything to the me. C word? Oh yeah, she called can, me that. So we can use that word. She called me that aunt while we were shooting, while cameras are rolling, like in a friendly way. No, <laughs> no. I tried no. so hard to see the positive. Not like a, in a rapper's way, like, like was where the my bitch is at. Full? No, um, no. <laughs> and again, that word seriously means nothing to me. Yeah, that's why. And so I was much. just kind of like, okay, you know. You know what? Like that, I'd rather someone call me greasy and I'd be like, oh my God, you're right. I am really shiny. <laughs> like, <laughs> totally be more offended. That word means nothing to me. However, there was one time where I said something to my husband and it, it came off in a, like a really edgy way. And I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for how that came out. And he's like, yeah, that did sound a little cunty. And I was like, <gasps> and, and I was like, I would prefer bitchy. And I said it in a real cunty bitchy way. Um, <laughs> It's weird. In general, I have no problem with that word. However, him using it that way, I, it like well, set me off. Probably took you off guard too. Does yeah. He, does he say that a lot? No. Yeah. Never. Well, it's just that that word is. I don't know it. Like it felt like the nuclear option. But like I said, normally I don't have that reaction to yeah. that word. It just felt like there's. I guess in that moment, I felt about that word the way so many women feel about it. Right. Which is like, oh, there's so much hate in that word. Well, you know I what? was just mildly bitchy. What actually drives me more crazy is when, because I've had only two people say that to me, mm-hmm. and one was another comic, a dude, and he called me that, and I was more upset that he thought that calling me that word would piss me off. Where I was like, oh my God. Right, I'm not, it's the not that easy. The fact that you think I'm just a regular chick who works at a Kinko's. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm a comic who has had people masturbating in the front row of a gig. You know what I mean? It's like... Did you really? Yes. Hey, like more than once? Twice. 
same one, person? No, but one time it was at the comedy store on Sunset. So I don't count that because that's just a weird place. Yeah. I mean, I've seen more penises at the comedy what store. What did you than- do? Well, the first time it happened was at the store. And I wasn't the only comic on the bill. It was like, mm-hmm. a, you know, 10 comics or whatever. And the second time I was the headliner at a club on the road. I think it might have been in Indiana. Yeah. And the guy was like snapping one off. Yeah. Rubbing one out. Rubbing one out. Is it's interesting. Snapping one off for me is is taking a shit. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I don't see it that way. Um, <laughs> So did you just kind of ignore it? Oh, the fact that he was doing it? Yeah. No, I'm not capable of that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so did you call him out? Of course. Of course. I was like, first of all, we need a hazmat crew in here ASAP. <laughs> Don't touch anything. I go, and I'm ovulating, so stay away <laughs> from me. Don't even look at me right now. And whatever. I just, you know, did same kind of crowd work I would with anybody. But this guy happened to have his hands down his pants. It's rude to you, but it's also so rude. Well, I mean, I guess like anyone who heckles. Well, I was like, they serve food here, dude. Yeah. You know what Ew. I mean? It's like, I get that I'm a chick on stage and this mic stand looks like a pole. But that's <laughs> not what this is for. This is, I'm just doing words here. So wait, to go back to what we we're saying before, though. So for four, four seasons, worked with someone who said words to you <laughs> was that difficult because yeah, oh, yeah i yeah i would go home and feel like very awful about that all the time i think oh no i felt really terrible okay i'm gonna tell you a story please and again i don't care because chelsea's never it's not like she's gonna hire me now for anything i know she's a multi-trillionaire and she's very powerful in the business but it's okay i think i can still have a career yeah without help from her and it's fine well we'll find out won't we yeah exactly <laughs> so i'll never work again um but the thing is she did this so i'm not saying anything that she you know didn't do but we were on the road in new york and we were shooting something and then that night i thought well i should get a set while we're here you know why not so i called up caroline's and uh i got a spot and i didn't know but chelsea also got a spot for the same show mm. you know eight o'clock show whatever this is so. when you guys were doing girls behaving badly yeah yeah we were shooting during the day we were done shooting and um and i was like oh she's like yeah we're all going out or or they were i forgot how it went down but it was like i didn't get into information but they i found out like oh she's going to caroline's i was like oh cool me too i have a spot she got so annoyed with me just so annoyed like oh of course you did right so the other cast members went down. I think she went on like third or fourth and I went on maybe eighth. Mm-hmm. After her set, she told everybody to get up and leave. Wow. She's like, come on, we're leaving. We're leaving. I'm done. Let's go. They knew I was there. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. knew. And nobody even said like, where are you in the lineup? Or like, well, let's wait for Kira. I mean, we're no. They all got up and they left with her. That's how you know, the queen bee. Right. They like followed her out. And then I went up and did my set. And uh, I just realized in that moment, I was like, this is how it's going to be. I mean, Mm. this is, I don't, you know, we're all equal cast members, but she does not see me equal in her eyes. Did you get along with the other cast members? I did. And I asked one of them and I was like, why would you do that? That was so hurtful. And she you know, she really did apologize. She's like, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, that was, she just, she made us leave. She told us we had to leave. God, it's like grade school. It it truly is. Yeah, it truly is. But see, for me, that would be so hard because I think it would just bring back like that, that time in seventh grade where I be, I was not, I was not super popular, but I also wasn't the outcast except for like, two months in seventh grade that scarred me for years and years and years. Like the right. kids turned on me and like I would eat lunch alone and just cry 
And it felt, it's funny. It, maybe it was even like, it was probably only like, it might've only been a month, but it felt like an eternity. It yeah. was just awful. But anyway, it's like shades of that, except that you well, were an adult when yeah. it happened. And you just want to, you know, it was my first TV show. Yeah. And I had done like little spots here and there, but it was my first like series regular on a show. And, and you just, you were like, oh, I just want, and it's all girls. So you think, oh, this is so cool. We'll hang out. And, and for the most part, the other cast members were great. And we had day players that mm-hmm. were really great and nice. And, you know, I made friends with some of those women, but it was, it was really, it was really difficult. Yeah. But honestly, all that said, and again, I know this because because she's so famous and wealthy and powerful now that it's going to come across sounding like I'm bitter. I am absolutely not because even if someone is like that, I do not take away from the fact that they are funny, that they're good at business, that they, you know, paved way for other female comics. Like all those things still matter. And it's great that she, you know, got her own show because she was dating the network. It doesn't matter. But, you know, like she got her own show and, and that's still important. Every time a female comic gets a show or a, whatever kind of gig, it's great for every other chick comic. Mm-hmm. So that said, yes, it probably sounds like I'm being like, she was mean to me, but whatever. It was what it was. I dealt with it. And then you move on. Move on.org. Would you um, come home from a day on the set and just being like, oh, oh, I would, my manager at the time, I would just immediately call them and be like, I don't know what to do. I don't know, you know, and I, I even asked the director I was like, you know, you do you see how she's treating me? And he goes, yeah, we're all scared of her. Really? Yes. Even back then? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no one said anything to her. They were all scared of her. She threw eggs once in like one of the production guy's face because they were cold, you know, like. Scrambled? Yeah. I would want to throw hard-boiled eggs, unpeeled, <laughs> but I feel like that would be more satisfying, you know? These eggs are cold. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess people were scared, you know? But look, hey, for anyone starting out in comedy, that made her very, very successful. So if that being, is... Being what, though? Intimidating? Yes. Mean? Yes. There are a lot of very powerful, wealthy people who are really scary. People are scared of them. I guess that is a way. To yeah. Get- I mean, there are some people that I hear horror. Don't you hear horror stories that you're like, that person is mean and scary. And you're like, they're like, yeah. People that work for them are like, yes. Yes. There, yeah. There's a handful Letterman, of them. Letterman wouldn't mm. talk to anybody or look at anybody. Yeah. He would not make eye contact with the writers that wrote jokes for him. I, I've heard Ellen is scary. I was, yeah, I was going to say that. And that, she seems so nice and I think she's so funny. She's great. But I've heard, yeah, I've heard that. But I know people not, that wrote on her show yeah. that were terrified. Yeah. So it's like, well, okay. Yeah. You know, which one is it? Roseanne Barr was known to throw scripts at writers' heads. Mm. I just don't think I could ever do that. It would be laughable to me to right. ever, like I would then crack up laughing. <laughs> like if I ever, you know, I don't think I could follow through. Yeah, I could never. And maybe be that that's way why either. I don't know. Maybe that's why I'll never have a show like Roseanne. But I just couldn't. I just think that would. I, it would make me laugh. Like I was trying to be be mean. abominable. Yeah, yeah. Like I would just be like, ah, gotcha. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know what I would. Wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, I, I would not be able to either. No, I mean, I have. I have. 
I'm getting better, but I have trouble asserting myself in general. So, I mean, that's like the extreme. That's not, that's a different world than asserting yourself. That's just being kind of a sociopath. Well, I think sometimes people need to create a distance. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that um, there can be these noticeable boundaries and layers of power so that Mm -hmm. people don't start to get confused. Like, you're an assistant. Don't come into my office and put your legs on the table. You know what I mean? That type of like, don't put your feet up on my coffee table. So if you're scared, there's no way that's ever going to happen. Yeah. So the person in charge doesn't have to say, take your feet off. That's just a known. Mm -hmm. It's like Kellyanne Conway Mm -hmm. sitting, you know. (laughs) The way she sat in that. You know, backwards cowgirl, whatever she said. It's like that feeling of like, there's no lines anymore. There's like anyone's just saying whatever. People are just making stuff up. There's just like, just whatever. It's just free for all, it feels mm, like. Because she feel can sit like that in the Oval Office on a couch that great leaders have sat on <laughs> and just reverse cowgirl it. Right. It's right. Just bananas. I think um, we should do just mirror everyone. But first, you guys, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you are, because they have everything, perhaps Kira's new special. I'm assuming that's on Amazon You as did well. this to me. You did this to me. Please go and, and give it some nice ratings. That's the name of the special. She wasn't saying that to me. <laughs> I was not pointing any fingers. That's right. Um, yeah. So go buy You Did This To Me on Amazon and buy all your other stuff on Amazon too. But when you do it, click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra and it helps out the show. Thank you so much for your Amazon support. Um, and also I'm on Patreon. Patreon is sort of like Kickstarter. You can support our artists or podcasters, et cetera, on an ongoing monthly basis. There's different reward levels. There's bonus episodes. There's a live video, interactive live video stream. There's a level where you get merchandise, all sorts of cool stuff. Check that out. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Allison Rosen. And if you like what you're hearing, subscribe and leave nice reviews, iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen. Okay, let's do Just Mirror Everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something Okay, this is where people write in with things they think or do, and they wonder, is it just me? Is it everyone? Um, And then we say whether it is also us. Ray Morgan says, I have bad luck clothes. Every time I wear them, I seem to have a shit day. (laughs) I don't know if I have bad luck clothes as much as like there's certain items where I remember like, oh, I was wearing this when that awful thing happened. Hope I'm not jinxing anything by wearing it again. You know, like I I do remember... I need to drink bleach. Um, I do remember <laughs> different things happening in different items of clothing. What about you? I have, it's more like clothing that I forget how much I hate wearing it, <laughs> where it's like a sweater that creeps up on you or something that's just like, why do I keep wearing this? And then you feel crappy all day and you're pulling at it and tugging at it or right. pants that are like, why am I wearing these? I forget every time I wear them, they cinch my you know, fat or whatever, you know, it's mm. one of those. So it's not bad luck, but it's, I just need to throw them away. Throw right. away your clothes if you think they're bad yeah. luck. Yeah. I only recently, I'm a real pack rat hoarder and not true hoarder, like a proto hoarder. I, I have the tendency. You're hoarder adjacent. Yes, exactly. Mm. I'm hanging out with your sister-in-law in the ad- adjacency. Oh boy. <laughs> adjacent CC. Right. Community I'm adjacent Center. desk. <laughs> um, but yeah, I recently, before the baby came, I tried to get rid of as much as I could. And I didn't even go as far as I should have. I'm looking around, noticing all the clutter everywhere. But 
yeah, I finally did that. But I will hang on to stuff thinking like, oh, maybe my feet will have changed next time. And then these <laughs> shoes will fit better. It's silly. Maybe I'll have four toes on That's each foot. <laughs> right. Uh, Stephanie Wilkinson says, I can't eat with my coat on. Nope, I don't have that. I can do anything with my coat on. Oh my gosh, I sleep with my coat. Yeah. I mean, I once fell asleep on my dad's couch with my jacket on and a hat. And he <laughs> See, woke that just me sounds up comfy. And he goes, You look like you're homeless at a train station. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, I can. Your dad sounds supportive. My dad's very <laughs> sweet. Um, is he actually very sweet? He is. I complain about my parents. They're both very sweet, mm-hmm. but they're also Russian. Eric Taylor says, in the giant parking garage at my work, I try and park in the same spot every day, even if there are closer spots. I get this. Like, it's like that kind of thing where you tend to sit in the same seat in a class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with parking, I will just try to get the closest one. I mean, look, if it's a great spot, you know, if it's a spot where you can open your door and no one's next to you. That's true. It's easy to pull into. Now that you're a parent, you're going to look for good spots Yes. Where you can get a baby out. The first time, the first and only time that I've taken Elliot out, I did appreciate when I, I pulled into the parking spot and tried to make sure there was enough room on the driver's side because that's the easier side to right. get the car seat out. And then this big SUV pulled in next to me, but leaving a lot of room. And I was so happy when I came back and saw that that car was still there protecting the buffer that I needed. Right. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do if I get back to my car and someone's too close. You, it's going to happen. You're going to have to go through. I've lower him through the sunroof. Oh my God. I've gone through the trunk. I mean, it's just awful. It's just the gear. So bulky. The gear is uh, intimidating. I've talked about, I just talked the about gear? this on a podcast. Yeah. Like all the baby gear that you have oh, to put around. Geez. Sorry. Yeah. Not the car gear or anything. That's um, I just, I was just talking about this, but the car seat snapping into the car seat base. And I live up a flight of stairs trying to get that down the stairs. It's all too much for me. It's bananas. Yeah. I guess you just build uh, build upper arm strength. Yeah, you figure it out. Because like it's heavier you. than I would have thought, too. You're hanging onto a cliff with one okay. hand. <laughs> I really am. Holding a baby. Yeah. <laughs> it feels very unsafe. <laughs> Shannon Hurley says, Hey, hey Shannon. Hate it when someone is whist. Oh, you're going to be that person. <laughs> Sounds so radio. Really? Uh, hate it when someone is whispering to me and I can feel his or her breath on my hair. Hashtag, please aim toward my ear. Hashtag, hair breather. It is very intimate. Yeah, I try to stand, like if they're whispering, I try to stand parallel to their whisper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Not me too. I'm always like... Like the whisper doesn't go into my ear. I stand like our faces are are 69ing oh do you know what i mean like yeah so like their whispers going to the side of my okay. head oh i think i do i just shove my ear in their face oh no like, I get don't. on in there no, i no, can't no. hear you no i stand parallel to their whisper <laughs> do you ever just want to start making out with them because i feel like that's that's why i do what i do to oh. avoid that not really <laughs> i think i just i why do i do that i think i do that because I'm trying to hear them and I feel like I won't if I'm not like right up against them. If we're in a loud place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a long time since I've left the apartment (laughs) or been in a loud place. It's been a long time. When was the last time someone whispered in your ear? Try to think back. (laughs) I mean, 
When I burp my baby, he's right up in there. Oh my god, that's the sweetest. It, it really is. Oh god, but there's no whispering. Little baby smells. Yeah, they're the sweetest. Even when he spits up, it doesn't smell. It doesn't His... bother you. It's because it's you. Yeah, I would be um, vomiting. <laughs> I'd be throwing up, throwing up in my mouth a little Probably. bit. But when it's your kid, it's the best. Uh, JV says, the only way I eat carrots is by nibbling the outside off and saving the middle bit slash root for last. I specifically remember one coming in like this a while ago from B Slammon. This is the first time I ever even heard of eating the outside of a carrot first and then saving the middle. Like To me, it's just all carrot. I totally do that. You do? Yeah. Old school carrots. Not these little mini carrots oh, that right. everybody has on trays. and the, the, the. No, like an old school, you buy a carrot, you yeah. peel it, the peel, the, you uh, know, right. the anger off the front, <laughs> uh, the anger of the, you know, poor immigrant who mm-hmm. had to pick it and didn't get paid enough money. And then, yeah, you eat it around the, the, the nib the, or the, the middle, nub. the middle. Yeah. I totally The do heart that. of the carrot. Yes. Jeff, have you ever done this? I have not. I just go like old school Bugs Bunny style. And right. Chomp, chomp. You guys are missing out. It's been a real long time since I've even seen an old school carrot. You don't see, I mean, you do. What about when a carrot whispers in your ear? How do you handle that? (laughs) Carrot whispers. Come on. (laughs) Come on. You didn't see that coming? I didn't. I didn't. And now I'm forgetting every lyric. Careless whispers? Yeah. Well, if you want, I can get into it, but we don't have to. Guilty feet have gotten a rhythm. There is that, you go. Okay. Yeah. I d- it was in there. It was in there. Good for you. Uh, Phil Scrog says, the seatbelt reminder in my car drives me nuts. So I always rush to snap in before the second chime. Just mirror everyone. I really am a slave. To, like I'll get in the car, especially if I'm the passenger in my husband's car and I won't put it on right away. And then I, but I will, I try to get it, get in there before the chime. Because I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I don't want to hear it bleeding at me. When I'm a passenger, I uh, put it on right away because mm-hmm. I have nothing else really to worry about. When I'm the driver, I'm doing the thing in the mirrors and the, yeah. the garage opener and the thing, the, the, and then I'm like, oh, gee, you know, I don't put it on. you remember. Yeah. I don't have a chime in my car. Really? And I have a pretty new car. Or maybe. How's just, that? You've just never heard it. Oh, Maybe. Oh, yeah, maybe I do. My husband has one. Immediate. My husband, you turn the car on. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> it's like Vegas. <laughs> His car's annoying. <laughs> okay, and lastly, JV says, always flush before initial use of an unknown toilet to avoid a potentially terrible and embarrassing mm. plunging misfortune. Look, here's why I don't always do that. Let's say I need to go really bad. If you do the initial flush and there's a problem with the toilet, then what do you do? Sometimes I'm like, I'm going to just take my chances on this because I got to sit down on this thing right now. <laughs> it depends where you are. Yeah. It depends. If you're in someone's house and they have that awkward that's bathroom yeah. that's like right off of the room, like there's no buffer between you and the other room. Right. Yeah. No, it's bad news bears. Yeah. But sometimes I'll do that. Yeah. I feel like JV and I are meant for each other. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll do an initial flush. You guys would have such a happy life together, wasting so much water. And carrots. (laughs) Um, The toilet at my gynecologist's office uh, doesn't flush very well. And I feel like of all, I don't know why I feel this way, but of all places, 
shouldn't you not have to deal with the like walking out and then having to say to the receptionist, like, I think there's a problem with the toilet there, you know? You know what? Probably because they don't want anyone to try to flush a baby down the toilet. Oh, maybe. Maybe there's a baby catcher in there. It's the first thing I remove. (laughs) Kira, it was so fun having you on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry I came across so eager. No, (laughs) you... It took me a while to get used to it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, boy... She wants this bad. Yeah. But no, um, you were delightful. I love talking to you. Tell the listeners where to find you um, on social media and plug all your, just, just, just go, girl. Well, I'm Kira Comedy on mostly everything because I don't want to put anybody through Soltanovich. Mm. So on the Twitter, it's Kira Comedy. My website's Kira Comedy. My Instagram's Kira Comedy. But uh, Karen and Kira Can Read is K and K Can Read on Twitter and Instagram. And they can just search Karen and Kira can read on iTunes. Yes. Like, well, how should they find it? And yeah. also, how do they iTunes. find And Kira Sultanovich show, they just find that on iTunes too, right? Yes. And I have a Facebook page um, for that. And and Karen and Kira can read also, also website.com. Okay. Yeah. And your yeah. website, kiracomedy.com, has all of this, I'm assuming. Hopefully. <laughs> And your special's out and they should go get it. You did this to me. Please, you did this to me. That would be awesome. Because I produced all of it myself. You. With some, a little bit of crowdfunding and a little bit of Russian mafia. Nice. How much did you raise? Uh, Well, all in all, it costs about 50 grand. Wow. So I owe the Russian mafia some money. Wow. That is a lot of money. (laughs) It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember. I had looked at your page. Did, weren't you offering someone they could like name your kid? Yes, we got that. For 20 grand, you could help us name the child. Middle name, middle name. What did they choose? Igor. What, was that a name they loved? Is that a name you love? <laughs> uh, no, they actually, uh, we did raise that, but we got to name. Oh, okay. They were, like, they were like, you know what? It's okay. Yeah, you can do it. That's a re- that's really nice. Yeah, but those are the that's the Russian mafia. So I do have to give them back some <laughs> money. No, I'm I'm being serious. I really do need people to watch the special so I can <laughs> pay back some scary big dudes. You guys, let's end it on now. that. Yeah, <laughs> I can't, I don't know where the joke is and what's serious anymore, but I There's do feel no frightened. Joke. So <laughs> you should be <laughs> make sure you so if you care at all about my fingers. Yeah, please watch the special. That's eager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's beyond eager it's yeah it's life and death yeah it's a life but but funny um jeff where can we find you you can find me on facebook and twitter at colonel jeff fox and follow me on twitter at allison rosen and follow the show's twitter feed at a-r-i-y-n-b-f thank you for listening you guys i love you goodbye hey do you know about the allison rosen show we had a good time